All right, top ten albums of the. What, what are we calling it? The O.O.s. Oh, oh, oh. I'm gonna go this with only one O.O. This is what I wrote from when I started trying to make my music list. I will not make a music <laughs> list. It's impossible. If you're wondering how many, how many are on these lists, uh, I've, I got 36 albums that are on my best of the O.O.s, and so I pick so the top 10, and on my films I pick my top 40. So I've got 40 movies on out of that. We'll Yankee probably, Hotel Foxtrot. This is probably where we're gonna have there. the most okay. divergence of yeah. opinion. So. There's two albums on here that y'all y'all may not have heard of because well no because y'all were not here in Dallas during when these albums were big. Um, there's a band called Midlake and mm-hmm. their record The Trials of Van Occupanther came out two years ago and that's my number ten. It's a beautiful record. Number nine is The Streets, their first record, uh, original pirate material. Mike Skinner I think is just a mad genius. Number eight is another Dallas band, Flickerstick, and their mm-hmm. fir- their first album. Welcoming Home the Astronauts, and then they re- they won that show, Bands on the mm-hmm. Run, and then they redid the album, and it was even better. It's a great. Uh, number seven, The Postal Service, their only album, Give Up. Number six is Doves, The Last Broadcast, which was their, uh, I guess it's their first record. Zero Seven, Simple Things, is an album that changed my life, and I could tell lots of stories about it. <laughs> and um, number four would be U2's All That You Can't Leave Behind. Number three, Interpol's first album, "Turn on the Bright Lights." What songs are on uh, that U two record? That's it's got like elevation. It was their first, it was their return to sort of that rock feel. Like okay. they had done the pop albums, so then they came back and "Beautiful Days" on it, and okay. it came out right. How does that one go? "Beautiful Days." I'm not going to sing it. Why? <laughs> it's a beautiful. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to do that. Dang. I just did. Yeah. That's their guitar, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Guitar Hero. That's another invention. Like, see, I I yeah. associate that album with the good things that came out of September 11th. Like when everybody was all like, "We're gonna pull together and we're gonna make it through this." That album was like the soundtrack to my life at that mm-hmm. time. Like, it, I went to that album for comfort, uh, and that's why it means so much to me. And they've had some good albums since then. But that's, that's why the even best making one. music lists to me like is a little silly because it's so even more so than movies and TV which are broader, like music is so specific to your taste, the time you hear them, how you're exposed to them, where That's you right. are That's in That's what life. my list is for. These yeah. are the albums that influenced me most in the last 10 years. Right. Uh, number three was, like I said, Interpol's first album, Turn on the Bright Lights. Number two is a band called The National. It's their, I guess mm-hmm. their third or fourth album called Boxer, Boxer. which is, just, I mean, I still get chills listening to it. And number one is Wilco, Yankee Hotel, Foxtrot. Excellent. Another life-changing album. I wonder, though, I, I'm real curious if that one would have been as special to all of us without the movie Without the movie? We'll never know. I don't know. The movie is what got me into yeah. the album. Of so course. I watched the movie me first. Too, yeah. I, I saw Did the movie th- come out first? It may have even. No, I, well, no, I think it, it was, they were out remember. at the same time. I remember I went from the movie theater to the record store right. to get, to pick up the record. And uh, I've... I, since then have every single one of their mm-hmm. records and their one this year was is going to be my maybe number three album because have you guys seen dig no the with one the where Danny they warhols dig- and brian's jonetown massacre no. it's a it's like a uh following them for 10 years there are two bands that started at the same time kind of hot shit and then mm-hmm. one guy is crazy and the other band gets really successful and they you know sort of intermingle of friends and not friends and that one is a movie that i love love in the same way i love yankee hotel foxtrot as far as a documentary about music but I never bought the records. It didn't, you know, bring the music to me the same way that that. You right. Know, you, so you like the you like the the movie, but not right. necessarily the music right. that accompanied it. I probably watched that more than the other one, actually. Mm-hmm. All right, Brent. Since Stephanie doesn't, she put N O no. on her list. Yeah, here's mine. She, she refused. <laughs> and I didn't. To be I didn't come up well, with ten. Well, I'll just 10. say I agree. I didn't down. come up with ten. I came up with eight. 
Okay. I thought we were doing five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, again, in no particular order, um, uh, ten new songs from Leonard Cohen, mm. um, which he hadn't done an album. And do you remember what year that came out? Like two thousand, two thousand one. Okay. Um, it and he hadn't done an album. I don't think like fifteen. I think he years. just had one. I asked because I thought he had one this year, like in oh nine. No, he's doing a he's doing a tour, and they thinking this is his final uh, tour. And it was limited cities, so I wanted to go, but he's already done. So mm. anyway, and then there was a Johnny Cash American Three Solitary Man, mm-hmm. uh, Radiohead Kid A. Uh, Do you think I like it, Amnesiac, or is that the one? I like that one. I was that was my the only Radiohead that I love. So Kid A is your favorite here. of the ten, of the of the O's double o, o O's. <laughs> it was because there was like three of them that came out, and it was. Amnesiac feet. and this one, I think. Amnesiac and Kid A. And Kid so a Kid A is your favorite one of the because they've of had the, so many good yeah. ones. And I could easily put all three of them on, on the list. Um, then Beck, Sea Change. That's funny. I saw you write that and I forgot. I think was Mutations in those because that record was actually the same as the Wilco and the same as the Kid A. Like at that time was revolutionary for there was mm. nothing else like yeah, that. Yeah, it was very so innovative good. type of style. Yeah, uh, I don't remember. It may have been. Uh, anyway, back sea change. Um, Brian Wilson's smile. Yeah, that's a good one. That was his follow up to Pet Sounds, uh, and they did a <laughs> his follow up to Pet Sounds. It was. I guess it was. It, it was. Uh, they always wanted him to write the, another album after that that was just as mm. groundbreaking as that. And I'm putting that one in right now. I'm putting it as my number thirty-seven album. And he, and he started it. Um, he started it, but never finished it, and so he. Finished Finally it. got a band together and made him finish it. Um, which, which there's a, a movie about that too. Um, there's a movie about Smile. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Then um, Ryan Adams, uh, Heartbreaker. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. You can't weigh in on these if you don't. <laughs> yeah, have yeah. I said I'm just gonna agree or not agree. Um, Elliot Smith. I would say eight. would necessarily be in my top, but which Elliot Smith one? Figure eight, his last one. Before he shot killed himself yeah i put uh i, I have from a i have a basement from basement on a hill is number 28 do you like that, that mm-hmm. i guess that was his second to last one yeah from basement on a hill god that's got um fond farewell to a friend and mm. oh, so great oh, they're all awesome and then bob dylan uh modern times when did that one come out uh oh four i think i've missed a few of these i need to get i need to get with the program on this was Harkening back to his roots. What I need is three more albums because I have, I have thirty seven. I need I need a top forty. Heartbreaker's great. If I had to do this, I would have to make segments. I'd have to do the first four years, then the next three, then the next three. As far as like who mm-hmm. I was and where I was, because they just there's no possible. Well, one thing way. you could say about all these records that we've mentioned is there's not a two thousands sound right in the right. 90s there's a 90s sound like That's every true. you know there's you had the seattle well, thing you guys and... don't apparently like hip-hop which is what the i've got, I've got some hip-hop albums on here i've got a few uh, yeah. i mean outcast shook the fucking music world i've got you know, like west. a polaroid picture kanye west was kanye west jay-z list. i mean eminem I like let's talk em. about eminem those records are actually excellent they're M&M excellent they're produced at, amazingly and they're great album. songs i've got outcast stink on you on here i've got college dropout kanye uh, and I do need to add Eminem's first album on here. That's a good point. That that first one was really really good. I'm trying to see if there's any Teen other. Rock. I didn't hear any Teen Rock listed. No, I hate it. This is <laughs> well. this is my list. 
but none really. of the but all this I, is- Kelly Clarkson. I mean, those songs are great pop songs. I mean, they're going to go down. They're going to be played for like the next eighty years. Correct. When you but walk these are the th- these are lists store. of you albums that so? mean oh, something yeah. to us. Kelly, Kelly Clarkson is going to be played for Kelly the next Clarkson years. is solid pop. Like every one of those songs, it's been a hit. Yeah. I can't say the same for like Avril Lavigne, but Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, I mean, or not that she wrote Britney them, but she Spears sang them. Britney Spears. Yeah. Um, Madonna oh. released stuff in the last OOS. Madonna, I can see lasting, but um, Madonna died to me in like 1991 or so. I know, but her songs are still around. Um, but this used to be my playground. I don't. I hate. <laughs> I, I hate commercial bubblegum junk. But I love commercial. I'm trying to see. I look, only listen to on the radio usually. I'm looking on my list to see if I have any like guilty pleasure albums on here. I mean, the Black Eyed Peas blew up. That was another yeah. huge one. Yeah, I actually like them. Coldplay. I got a, bl- Coldplay. a, ru- a rush of blood to the head. That's kind of a guilty mm-hmm. pleasure album. Um, John Mayer. I put his first one on there. Room for Squares at number 19 because it's pretty good. Jack Johnson was huge in the OO. I put Neil Diamond's album. If you like every song sounding exactly yeah, the totally. same. If you if you heard Neil Diamond's record do. 12 songs. <laughs> Neil Diamond did a record two albums ago. Like not Neil the latest Diamond. one. The, it's yeah. called 12 Songs. It's acoustic. It's mm-hmm. amazing, amazing. This is my number 31. The White Stripes were huge. Mm-hmm. I've got... See, my rule for my list is I, Slipknot and... is I can only put one album per band. So I could put like mm-hmm. all the U2 records, all the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Ugh. but I just put one for each. So Red Hot Chili Peppers got number 13. System of a I Down. By the way, by the way. Uh, MIA's album, the first oh, one, so 35. Yeah, so I need to add a few more. Anyway, so TV. Let's talk oh, about yeah, TV. Yeah. Wait, because oh, yeah, I want to bring up my first one, which is a TV show that I think is so awful and it makes my skin crawl, but America loves it. And I want to see what you guys think. Go for it. Two and a half men. I hate it from the first note of the intro song and I can't. Uh, two minutes of it. Okay, it. thank God. Almost every guy in Dallas, when I have some discussion, like at a bar, you're chatting, getting chatted up and you start talking about TV. I like two and a half men. I'm just like, oh my See, god! To me, people that like You're two and a half men are people that I would never really want to. Yeah, hang out with. like who? I know likes that sounds that horrible. Well, All that of America. Confirms... I thought only older people really no. like that. Well, that no. just confirms that we're on an eighth grade level totally. emotionally in this country. It's awful. Um, All right, some good TV. I, I, I didn't. I have my top ten TV shows here too. Go for it. Do y'all have a list? Yes. Y'all go, okay, go. Uh, you do have yours. Okay, have go for list, it. The Dog Whisperer, starting Caesar Milan. <laughs> Sex in the City. I know that's on both your lists. Oh, God. Um, Entourage. Love it. Um, 30 Rock is great. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mad Men. Arrested Development. And I love dumb reality shows like The Super Nanny. That's my list. I'm putting Entourage <laughs> as my number 15 because I've forgotten it on the list. Good. Those are good. Thank you. <laughs> I made them. <laughs> no, what? But those in no particular order? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to look up some lists. I'm sure there's other ones I'm forgetting. Okay, here, yeah. Here's uh, here's my uh, number ten. Number ten, Thirty Rock. Number nine, nine Firefly. I doubt y'all have What's seen that. It. It's this sci-fi show. That's oh amazing. my god, Battlestar Galactica. Sorry, that, okay, that's I, it's my it's on my one. list. Rome on HBO was my number eight, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that I lived in Italy for one almost a full year of the the double O's or whatever we call it, uh, and so that that movie the the TV show really connected with me. Uh, number seven is True Blood. Number six, Freaks and Geeks. Number five, Lost. Number four, Battlestar Galactica. Number three, Six Feet Under. The Office, number two, and The Sopranos, number one. So nice. Uh, and I put Entourage in there at number fifteen, yeah. along with The Daily Show, Dexter, Carnival, Weeds. Yeah. Um, 
to me, Freaks and Geeks was hands down the best. How TV how show I, I think I like. How the concept, did that only make just, one season of that? It was just the best, it was too good. best show. Well, didn't you guys see all the weird things in the writing? Like the like the James Franco character would meet the parents, and then later on he would meet them again, or, or like a, another character, and then they'd act like he was being introduced for the first time. There's a bunch of weird holes in it. I mean, it was it was all right, but it wasn't great. I mean, if you uh, compare it to I other first brilliant. seasons. I, I loved it. Yeah, it, and it's another thing that just connected with me. I felt like yeah. Like, so man, most people, I just thought know. it was like good, and nothing was done like that in that sort of time period in that way. And so and it that, stood out. That show that. launched the whole Judd Apatow. That yeah. whole mm. that whole group. everything came from those guys. Seth Rogen, Paul Fig, yeah. or uh, Paul Fig. He wrote uh, yeah. the the Forty Year Old Virgin book, the book that the mm-hmm. movie's based on. Um, Orange County is the director of that. Um, what's his name? The kid. Uh, this he's his dad's a famous director. You know the movie Orange County. Like it's the same. It's, yeah, it, yeah. He did that immediately after the Freaks and Geeks. Not Jason. Jason Reitman. No, he. I forget. Uh, he did Might come to me a little bit. Anyway, that was my favorite of the decade. Um, I also like. You give Freaks and Geeks number one. It's close. Okay. Uh, uh, and this kind of bleeds from the last of the nineties into two thousand, but uh, um, six feet under. Um, yeah, we should, you, know, you and I have talked about yeah, Six Feet Under. That, 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 that was a very emotional show. That kind of changed my... Is that the one where at the beginning, of the very beginning of it, um, the girl who is also on a TV show with Calista Flockhart now like has sex with a guy in the airport, and then later mm-hmm. his mom yeah, catches yeah. him eating her out? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Those are my memories from it. I tried to watch Brenda, it. I couldn't yeah. get into it. Brenda. I tried to watch the first the season. The first season of that was some of the best television and maybe I've the best seen. last four or five episodes of yeah. any the greatest ever is I that mean, the greatest song? season finale i think yeah of all time hmm. um brilliant writing it 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 was uh, it came at an evolution of my life too where i was becoming more existential in my philosophy mm-hmm. so that kind of really spoke to me that whole that whole series i need to watch again everyone says that and i tried to watch it and i couldn't get into it same thing with dexter i can't watch that one either that one's that one's a little different i watched the whole first season i just don't like it yeah and and then i have the sopranos in there and um uh what else do i have um deadwood deadwood uh, john in cincinnati yeah john from cincinnati um love that it only lasted a year but i just recently saw that and i was like what how did i not hear about this such a cult classic yeah totally um and i really into true blood i don't know if i'm willing to put it up there yet mm-hmm. it has potential i just thought it got um, better and better with every episode and when it ended the season i'm like i can't believe we have to wait for another season of it yeah well uh, let's what are y'all's thoughts about the the coming decade are y'all feeling positive negative or you feel like the world's going to end in 2012 or you, I think are it's we just getting... another day and we just put all these time frames on everything i mean i'm gonna be that's true but it's, there's, a, there's a years. zeitgeist kind of thing that people change their mentality if you think of the well we just talked about how this decade was very different from the 90s mm-hmm. the 90s you could look at decades and define the culture of that decade pretty pretty succinctly i mm-hmm. think and i think this decade was a decade of despair in a lot of ways just a, a complete breakdown of our mores and our assumptions about life about government about people you said it was a decade of extraordinary evil on display mm-hmm. the, the greatest generation quote that that fought in world war ii they saw evil in a different way that we do they saw it as hitler and one or two like key leaders that were inspiring these groups of people now we're seeing it on uh, people well it's on wide open yeah this time there is that um, too uh it's 
And we have more leisure time now to focus on that stuff. That's I mean, true. I, what came to mind when you just said that is during the depression and stuff, like in my grandmother's family, she used to tell me that for um, butter, they would get the oleo and have a yellow packet that they put into it to mix it into it to make it look like butter. I mean, mm-hmm. and that was how people lived. They weren't poor. You know, they were right. just average middle class type people. And so they, you were focusing on your day to day. Like I'm sure laundry took fucking forever if you had four mm-hmm. kids you know I mean, i'm glad you brought that up because uh my grandmother died uh a week and a half ago and she was depression era um i lived with her for a short period of time there was not one morning that i ever woke up that there weren't hot biscuits made <laughs> from scratch nice. um every night when i came home from school hot meal Aww. um and it was important to her and people of that generation they never ate out mm-hmm. they didn't it was it didn't occur to them um it was just part of the household functioning that you eat hot meals and that um you sit around the table and you tell your stories and yeah they didn't have a bunch um, of stuff yeah and, and computer what games. they had was each other and you know that there were flaws in that but it they they clung to that and the stories i remember from my grandmother she was the funniest person i've ever met in my entire life she had rodney dangerfield like timing (laughs) and i'm not if she was in a different era she would totally be uh, a famous stand-up comic she was that good i remember sitting in church with her heckling the pastor in the middle (laughs) of a sermon and it was beautiful and it was funny and she did it in a way that everybody loved her and didn't think she was an asshole um she just had that uh, charm about her and she had this uh she called them her drinking buddies every morning at like six in the morning her this group of people would show up just to have <laughs> coffee with her this is how nice. fascinating this woman was they had to be around her to hear her stories and every morning when they came she had biscuits for them or she had you know whatever um uh she'd make coffee cake or whatever she made um she was an amazing woman and uh it and the this decade ended with her dying, which um, uh, it was hard for me. It hurt, it broke my heart. But it was, she was. It was time for her to go. Mm-hmm. She had, uh, how old was she? Uh, she 90s. was eighty-nine. Eighty-nine, and um, she wasn't herself for the last fifteen years. But anyway, uh, when you were ta- speaking of that, uh, it, it reminds me of my grandmother and just the kind of person that she was, and um. Anyway, well, just everything took longer. I mean, getting to work took longer because you didn't drive 65 miles an hour, you know, or you didn't Mm -hmm. even have a car. And like every single thing you did took your time just to get things done. So there just wasn't as much leisure to even care or be concerned about, you know, who's having sex with who in the offices of the corporations or whatever. Well, I think one one thing we've seen in this this decade and starting in the 90s is the almost the destruction of the middle class. If you if you think about this. The different, and I was thinking of your grandmother as you were talking about her. I, I would venture to say your grandmother and your grandfather probably owned their house outright at some point, they right? Bought it, bought it with cash. They bought it with cash. They owned wow. it outright, so they're done at that point, mm-hmm. and they can enjoy working or retirement even. Mm-hmm. My mother owned our house growing up. I remember the day that she paid it off. People today, nobody owns anything. They don't own their car. They, they don't own their to. house, and they're never are going to be able to because it's been so corporate corporatized and it's it's slavery now. And so credit. yeah, although we're better off in some ways 
people went to college and they paid for it outright and they were done with college mm-hmm. and they were done paying mm-hmm. for it. You know, here I am a, a many years after I've graduated from college, still getting bills for my college loans. And, and I can't imagine what my niece, who's just born a few weeks ago, a month ago, how much it's going to cost to send her to college uh, is like, it, do, uh, it, it, it doesn't make any sense son, to me. Yeah, and I your son, and, good luck with all that. Yeah, right? <laughs> I just found out like a few years ago how much you got paid to jizz in a cup at those sperm banks and it was like $50 a pop and I was like holy that's shit that's 50 bucks man. <laughs> I was like I wish I didn't know that in college because I had a towel under my bed that was worth $250,000 and as soon as my kid has puberty man I'm stocking it with Dixie cups and porno <laughs> magazines because that's just paying for college that's gold baby yeah oh and one of the stories that's that we funny didn't... I wonder if you have to be 18 to do that I I'm sure you do. They should recruit 16-year-olds. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, 14-year-olds just, like, stream them I just in. love that whole thing, you know, porn in there. And what if it doesn't do anything for you? <laughs> like, you got something else? Can something, I get another one, please? Something with twins, perhaps? <laughs> no. Anyway, one of the stories we need to talk about, which I think is the most fucked up piece of legislation that I've ever seen, is uh, No Child Left Behind. Which that was left most, every child behind, essentially. Which was the biggest horseshit piece of legislation in my lifetime yeah. that I can, I, and then we could do a whole show on that. Just what they've we done. Well, the Patriot Act is pretty hardcore too. Yeah. I mean, both the of stuff them. they were doing with that was crazy. Well, that, yeah, that's obvious. Yeah. Uh, no child left behind was packaged in a nice, cute little way that uh, made everybody think that it was a, a brilliant piece of legislation when it actually, it has indoctrinated a whole generation of kids. And, well, I, I'm, <clears> I'm just wondering if, Ten years from now, we're going to be looking at this health care bill that's about to pass as No Child Left Behind, something that started off as a really good idea that got so watered down and mutated that it really is just My a brother gift made a great point about to the it, corporations. Though, yeah, That I wanted to bring up with you guys. Um, he pointed out that the first step to you know getting insurance to be nonprofit or whatever it is that we have to do to make it so that everyone can have insurance is to force everyone to have insurance so even if it's really bumpy and yucky for a few years that is he's right it is kind of the first step of saying okay everyone needs to have coverage how are we going to do that and then that's the next step because they're not going to like hope it turns out like that but the way it is right now it's mandating insurance that you have to have insurance but not giving them a public option but still if everyone has to have insurance and poor people can't afford it something will have to be done you know what i mean and so that's just gonna like put into motion okay now we have to do something to offer these people health insurance what is it going to be and like it's just a unfortunately slower not as you know streamlined process as we would all like but it does make sense that that's the first step my biggest problem problem is that you're mandating coverage to companies who still get to control prices yeah exactly exactly and so that's what i mean though that's going to be a huge problem we're going to be like okay next step we you know that's you can't do that we have to figure out a system to regulate that and then it's all be started hopefully we'll be fighting that one for years because uh, there are too many people who are not going to walk away from the hand that feeds them. Yeah. And that's corporate America. Well, let's let's be positive and Be positive, Brent. I'm trying to. I really am. Well, here's the thing. I, I and Brent can relate to this and and maybe Stephanie. Well, I mean, I feel like I'm in a better place emotionally than I was. I'm and, more inspired. Yeah, I, because of the last 10 years and I'm not a negative person. I just call bullshit bullshit. Yeah. And Realist. there are two there are only two points of view that are allowed in this country, and that's horse shit. And until 
somebody starts speaking out and changing that, then it's going to be that way. And that's why I like the fact that we can talk amongst ourselves and hopefully this will grow (laughs) into an audience. But um, we couldn't have done this 10 years ago. Right. Not easily, at least. Totally. I'm inspired to be more politically active. I I am more politically active. I um, have protested more things than I ever have in my whole life. Uh, Maybe a third party, a realistic third party at some point, man. Imagine. The realists. I like that. Well, Democrats. Until we can um, slam corporations where they live, that's not going to happen. So. That's, and maybe that's everything whole... will maybe everything will just it, melt away in 2012 anyway, and we'll just start all over, <laughs> which would be cool. Fine with me. What if you melt? Then you won't. Know. No, no, no. It's just uh, we need a change. We need we need a uh, um, a quantum change in. See. I, we're gonna get that when the environment shit starts happening hardcore. Yeah, it's going to. Yeah, that right. that, that maybe could right be, around twenty twelve actually. That that could be the the impetus for it. But I just feel like we're we're getting to a point where something's got to give. The environment maybe needs to give uh, or will give out under the pressure and the strain that it's been under. Um, th- th- there's an instability in governments. So yeah. I think the good thing is that we will no longer be the sole superpower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. India, China. I mean. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll save that. Awesome, always Super fun awesome. with you guys. Those of you out there listening in inter- in the internet world, <laughs> we love you. Send us an email, and we will see you again next week. <laughs>